Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, everybody? Jacob and myself, Chase Verdon, are here to help you out with some DFS. That's right. We're here to crush, crush souls, melt minds, and make you guys some money. Jacob, what's going on, man? How is your weekend kicking off? Man, I'm doing good. I love it. Week two, always one of my favorite weeks for DFS. Uh, we get so much information to mine through from week one. How much of it is the new reality that we're living in? How much of it is, you know, totally new stuff uh, that we should be ignoring, this noise, what signal? It's a really, really, really fun time to play DFS, and it's always a fun time to be chatting with you. It is, man. The, the overreactions are crazy, but it's kind of nice. It kind of feels good to, to feel validated, especially after last week. You know, the games that we picked all hit uh, the, the different – combinations of lineups that, that we were putting together all hits except for one the most painful one of them all <laughs> we did it on the show my god trevor lawrence and travis Etienne. now everything was there the magic was there it could have happened it just didn't happen definitely a disappointment uh, you know was there anything that you're really stoked about from last week that we hit on or another disappointment outside of the trevor lawrence and travis Etienne stack yeah, I mean, I don't think it was a week that I was ever going to like win uh, and or have you know really really high finishes. Mostly based on a lot of the best plays were hitting, right? Like Travis Kelsey chalk tight end hits. Michael Pittman was like an egregiously chalk wide receiver. I'm no matter how good of a play they are, like if I was playing cash, I obviously would have locked Michael Pittman into all my cash lineups. He was a phenomenal play, but there's just no chance that I'm ever going to build my DFS portfolio around the chalkiest wide receiver on the slate. It's such a variance driven position. So like if the chalkiest wide receiver on the slate hits, I'm just never going to make money in tournaments that week. And it doesn't matter how great of a play they are. He was a phenomenal play at cost. Um, it's just, that's just going to be how it is. That being said, the ETN stuff was tough because that was a game that was super under owned. And it was probably the, the lineups where I was building in really highly owned pieces of my lineup. I thought that was my avenue. I'm going to play this under-owned Jacksonville-Washington game. I'm going to use this as my avenue to bring in these other pieces that I wasn't otherwise playing. Uh, and, I mean, it, it hit. You just had to have different pieces. If you played the Wentz side of that game, right, and you played him with Dotson, you played him with Gibson, um, it, it definitely could have hit. We were so close to having Lawrence and ETN have two touchdowns together. You know, we played Dotson in our, in our lineup as a bring back. So, you know, there was some good stuff to take away from it for sure, but that's going to be tournament life, right? We're going to be we're going to be close a lot of time and a lot of time no cigar, but excited to try and find similar spots because I'm happy that we were able to locate. You know, we talked about Eagles Lions a lot. We talked about Commanders Jaguars a lot. I mean, we, we, we got to the right spots, so it was a it was a fun week. 
it was so close. It was so close. And I even had Antonio Gibson in a ton of lineups. That was sexy as hell. Of course, DeAndre Swift, which we talked about. But that's behind us. We made our money. We're ready to roll on to week two. Are you ready? Are you ready, Jacob? Oh, I'm so ready. Let's talk about week right. two. Let's let's go ahead and kick this off. And I guess I'll start out with my matchup just to get it out there because I'm going to go right back to the well on this one uh, in terms of the commanders. We have the commanders who looked a lot better than advertised, of course, on offense. And they were one of the highest scoring teams on the plate. Carson Wentz went from zero to hero after throwing an interception and coming back and throwing a touchdown. And he made a lot of people money. Well, I couldn't say a lot of people because not a lot of people played them that were not listening to the show last week. Uh, meanwhile, I think the game could have been even bigger. I mean, we talk about how much the Jacksonville Jaguars left on the board in terms of mm-hmm. points from Travis Etienne, of course, with those two balls, with with Trevor Lawrence just airmailing a couple balls. Like They actually left a lot of meat on the bone as to what or how bad this commander's defense could have actually been. So I want to go back to it. I want to take two of the higher scoring teams on the slate from last week, and I'm going to put them together this week with Washington up against the Lions. So we get another bad defense, right, with the Lions, of course, and Washington does have a chance to succeed with this. We can see another shootout. I believe the over-under for this one is uh, 46.5, if I'm correct. But either way, it is something where we're going to see just these two terrible teams on defense pretty much have or be forced essentially two score time. Washington struggles in the slot. So for the first time mm-hmm. ever, I'm actually going to be touting Amon Ra St. Brown. Yes, say it. I am touting Amon Ra St. Brown this week. And I'm actually ta- uh, touting Hawkinson as well, because if we end up seeing a shaded coverage, we end up seeing them trying to overcompensate for where they were so weak last week up against Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk, who put up what? Uh, I think it was seven receptions. 12 targets. 10 targets. 12 targets. Yeah. And yeah. for, what, 114 yards or something absurd like that? I mean, Speaking. we're seeing Amon Ross St. Brown possibly punch a league-winning score up there. So, I mean, playing a lot of Amon Ross St. Brown, like I said, if they end up double covering him, I think Hawkinson could still have a big week. Sure, Washington did okay up against Evan Ingram, allowing, what, four catches on four targets, I believe. But Hawkinson is a t- different animal. Meanwhile, we saw him play either out wide or in the slot in 20 out of his 28 routes run last week. I think that Hawkinson can absolutely be a smash play. Of course, of course, I'm playing DeAndre Swift because DeAndre Swift is going to melt minds. I mean, Washington just allowed James Robinson, right, off an injury. They just allowed James Robinson to have his third highest yards per carry total from any game in his entire career, the third highest. And then they allowed, what, Travis Etienne to have 11.6 yards per carry, I believe, not to mention the two drops that we discussed. I mean, we're talking about a massive, massive game for DeAndre Swift. Meanwhile, on the other side, sure, you could end up going with Carson Wentz, right? And you can end up playing him. He's at a good price. I'm not going to say don't play Carson Wentz, but keep in mind, Jalen Hurts last week, who had a successful week against him, was able to do so because of the fact that they were throwing these short passes and beating the lines underneath. I mean, he had one pass of 20 yards more downfield. Meanwhile, Carson Wentz led the league in downfield attempts. I believe he had eight passes of 20 yards or more. You guys can find that over there at playerprofiler.com. He had 28 passes of 20 yards downfield or more. Uh, For me, they're going to get a ton of pressure on Carson Wentz. Uh, I might be fading him and actually playing this stack without a quarterback who stacks somewhere else. Uh, Meanwhile, I definitely want to be playing Antonio Gibson as my primary guy that I'm going to be running a ton of the lineups 
back with. Obviously, the lines are porous. We just saw them score, what, Eagles scored two rushing touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns up against them last week. I think we could see Antonio Gibson absolutely smash. Antonio Gibson's actually going to be my most rostered running back this week. Jacob, what do you say, man? What you got for me? Yeah, it's a fun game for sure. I mean, similar to the game last week when you get two teams with really bad defenses, you know, you create the opportunity for a shootout. Um, I do think that there's going to be some ownership in this game, certainly on Swift, certainly on Gibson after everything that we saw for him. Uh, this is maybe a little bit more of a moonshot, but if there's one piece of this game that I expect to be super, super not owned, it would be Terry McLaurin. I don't think that he projects particularly well up at $6,600, but coming out of last week, we saw all of these short area targets go to Curtis Samuel. Uh, and we saw Jahan Dotson be really involved in the offense as the number two wide receiver. He ends up scoring a touchdown twice. McLaurin was headed for a near bagel uh, until he was able to break a long touchdown late in this game. But I think that's a guy where if I'm stacking with Swift and I want to have a Washington bring back, that might be the guy that I look to. I do think Dotson profiles as a strong play once again. If Samuel's taking any ownership off him, he's only 4,200 this week. I think that's a nice price on Dotson. And I've found in the past that we know McLaurin's pretty volatile. He's going to get a lot of air yards. Um, he tends to be rather volatile in his scoring distribution week to week. He's certainly overpriced, but we know that he has that massive ceiling. Uh, the Detroit Lions made no effort to cover A.J. Brown. He was continually able to get deep. He was continually able to work in the intermediate area of the field. Uh, and the Lions are, are one of the better defenses to play top wide receivers against because they just don't have the corners to be able to match up. I believe Player Profiler had A.J. Brown ranked as the number one wide receiver versus cornerback mismatch last week. I'm not entirely sure. Uh this week, but McLaurin should be in an advantageous spot. I wouldn't be surprised if he's like 2% owned. That's probably my shoot for the moon pick. And then the last guy that I I'm, might be picking in this game is Logan Thomas. Um, Logan Thomas as a punt tight end play. He was eased back into action last week, but he was earning targets. He saw six targets in that game. He saw some downfield work. Uh, I, I would be pretty excited about um, playing Logan Thomas, a low ownership uh, in this game as well. Dude, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy because I went on and I'm, I'm trying to set up my lineups. And, of course, I'm using the DFS, DFS Dominator app over there at playerprofiler.com. I mean, it made me so much money last year, Jacob. It was stupid, right? Because I wanted to play, like, you know, 50 lineups. I didn't have time. So, typically, with the shows that I do for the start and sit every morning, I had to go over there to the DFS Dominator to let them put my lineups together for me. And this week, Jahan Dotson was in so many of my lineups that I'm prepping for in the DFS Dominator. I mean, talk about a killer play this week. That's the way to go. And you guys can go over there and put your own lineups together over there at playerprofiler.com and use the DFS Dominator. Who is your team that you're targeting super heavy for this week or the matchup that you want to really go after? Yeah, well, we just talked about both this both the sides of the Washington Commanders Jacksonville Jaguars game and you're sticking with the Commanders I'm sticking with the Jaguars uh the Indianapolis Colts are in a really tough spot defensively this week they will not have Darius slash Shaquille Leonard uh this week he will not be making his return DeForest Buckner is questionable but from what I've read it sounds like he might be on the wrong side of questionable if he does play we're probably still not seeing the typical the Forrest Buckner premier defensive tackle in the game that we usually see. So we're probably either seeing no Buckner or compromised Buckner. <laughs> that is a massive difference for the Indianapolis Colts defense. I mean, those are two of the players that are probably in the top three of their position group in the entire national football league in the world that completely alters 
how they're going to be able to defend the middle of the field in the short and intermediate passing game. It completely alters the amount of pressure they're going to put on Trevor Lawrence. It completely alters how they're going to be able to defend the running game. And when I look at this slate, there's a lot of attractive mid-range running back options. You have Antonio Gibson, $6,200. He's certainly going to catch ownership. He had a phenomenal role last week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you know, profiles really well at $6,700. His workload, he's just uh, quite underpriced at that part. I'm sure people are going to want to play Javante at $6,500. Najee Harris, you know, if he's healthy, he has a bigger workload than $6,200. Then you go down to Cordero Patterson coming off a big week. And then Daryl Henderson, who I think is a fragile play, but a lot of the projected ownership I'm seeing says that he's going to be one of the more played running backs on the slate at $5,700. Are people going to play either Jacksonville Jaguars running back? I'm not sure. I do think that there is a ceiling there. Uh, I think there's a chance that they control this game, to be honest. I don't love saying that. I'm a Colts fan, but I think that there's a legitimate chance that Jacksonville wins this game, or at the very least that it stays as a one score game going back and forth. Robinson looked like he was the has the opportunity to be the premier rushing option, premier goal line option. He has out getting two touchdowns like he did last week. And then Travis Etienne, uh, you know, he was used really creatively. He led all running backs in air yards uh, last week, despite just having four targets. He was able to get open on a slot seam route, almost like a tight end style route uh, that he was able to secure for a catch on a big play. And then, of course, has the overthrown touchdown that sent us into a total conniption last week. Yeah. Plus, of course, the, the dropped walk-in touchdown. So I loved how they used him. He's going to be going up against backup linebackers in, in this game. Uh, and so I think that ETN is a guy, if they want to use him as a chess piece in this game, that's a nice spot. And then you have a lot of fun with the Colts because, you know, Jonathan Taylor is all the way up at $9,900. Uh, and, you know, I don't know that necessarily people are going to be able to build lineups around Jonathan Taylor at $9,900. I think more people will be in the mid range more people will be on McCaffrey more people will be on Barkley. And so anytime you get the opportunity to play, I think a lightly owned Jonathan Taylor against the Jacksonville Jaguars, you have to be interested in, in that opportunity if he's going to come in 10% or below. And then the wide receiver group is interesting because Alec Pierce isn't going to play. Uh, Michael Pittman, it sounds like he's trending towards playing, but you know he's injured. He, he might be limited or he might just be less effective than he is at full strength. That opens up uh, a couple of interesting plays. You have Kylan Granson as a total punt tight end, ran 56% of the routes last week, was targeted on 20% of them. Ashton Doolin ran just 16 routes last week, uh, but he was targeted six times. And so Ashton Doolin becomes maybe an interesting punt play, and you could play him with Taylor. That could be one of the ways you're able to spend up all the way to Taylor. So there's some cheap guys on Indy. Taylor's always attractive, and, and everyone in Jacksonville uh, including, of course, the aforementioned Christian Kirk and the running backs. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, I don't think will be in the top 20 running backs in terms of ownership percentages. Oh, it just, be it, I, 20. I don't know. He's ranked over there number 23rd on playerprofiler.com. So, I, I mean, at 99, like, you're already getting people scared. And we haven't seen those prices rise in DFS that quickly, like by week two. I don't think we've we've seen it hit that high this fast. I mean, they're getting sharper and sharper, man. They're getting sharp over there. We're, we're trying to, to find these shortcuts, and, and they're cutting us off. Michael Pittman's price boomed this week as well. But let's go ahead and let's talk about a, another game that I actually want to target, and this one's interesting. Don't know how you feel about it, Jacob, but yeah. the Rams versus the Falcons. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you need me to hit you with a couple facts first? Well, I'd love, to hit, I'd love you to hit me with some facts. I'm curious okay, what you have to say. Let's it's go. a fun let's game. Hit me with the facts. I mean, what kind of show would it be without the facts? And hit me stats. with the facts. Now, so the Falcons, 
allowed 114 yards last week, of course, to Jarvis Landry on, what, seven receptions. First off, Jarvis Landry is not efficient enough to ever get 114 yards on seven receptions, but he did it. Uh, they allowed 110 total yards out of the slot last week on nine or on 10 targets with nine receptions coming out of the slot. So 90% completion rate when targeting the slot last week up against the New Orleans Saints. I don't know why I have to talk about this, but I do. Cooper Cup this week is an absolute lock, but he's going to be a lock in a lot of my DFS lineups. So I'm going to have a pretty expensive build, uh, pretty expensive taste when it comes to that. Uh, the way that I'm going to get around this is actually going to be running Marcus Mariota out there as my quarterback. I think that he's at a great value right now. He has that rushing upside. And uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit. But Cooper Cup, I don't think is going to see a high level of ownership or at least, you know, top five wide receiver ownership this week like he saw last week. I mean, we're sitting there with 9900 right, is the price on Cooper Cup. We have a 46.5 over under. I mean – it's not screaming shootout for you. They didn't play great as a team last week. It's the Falcons who people think that you can blow out, but really the Falcons were one of the best teams on offense last week. I think they were top five, I believe, scoring and scoring outside mm -hmm. of teams that had overtime games. Or they were top five in yards. They're seventh in scoring. I mean, we're talking about a, a team that is geared to beat the, the Rams because guess what? They run a very similar style offense with the rushing quarterback to the Bills. They already had the blueprint to do it. They can end up running out there, and we could see a ton, a ton of volume going to Marcus Mariota, going to Cordero Patterson, who I think is an absolute steal this week, hmm. and going to your boy, Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts last week saw, I believe, seven targets, uh, only brought in two of them. But what do I always say the Rams do, Jacob? They always let passes underneath, right? They let these short completions happen. We, we talk about Jalen Ramsey. He plays like a, a shortstop uh, on a, a batter's first at bat where they play a little <laughs> bit deeper into the outfield. That's what Jalen Ramsey does. He plays off coverage, so that way he can run up, try to get his picks, but he also doesn't get beat deep as often. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to see probably some matchups of Kyle Pitts on Jalen Ramsey, but we're going to see a ton of, a ton, a ton, a ton of volume going his way. I think we'd see north of 12 targets, to be honest. So I'm locking in Kyle Pitts into a lot of my lineups. I'm locking in Cordell Patterson into my ton, ton of my lineups. And the way that I'm playing Cooper Cup is I'm getting Marcus Mariota as my quarterback. What are you thinking? I, I really like uh, everything that you're putting down on this one. Uh, I think that, like I mentioned, I don't know if I believe it, but you know what I'm seeing is that Daryl Henderson's going to carry a lot of ownership this week. Um, and I, I think, I mean, everybody know I love Daryl Henderson. He's one of my favorite um, players in terms of best ball and redraft and everything this year. I'm very happy, certainly with how week one went, but you know, I'm, I'm willing to fade even the best least fragile projected plays. If they're going to come into, you know, 15, 20, 25% ownership at, at $5,700 the running back position, but you know, he's an incredibly fragile play, right? I mean, even without acres, just outright usurping him, if, if they decide, okay, we're going to do a 50, 50 this week then Hendo's a totally dead play at $5,700. And it's worth noting that there's always paths to failure for anyone if they just simply catch bad luck and don't find the end zone in a DFS tournament perspective, right? Henderson could have the exact same roles last week, and he could have the exact same scores last week, which is, you know, 12 points, because maybe Atlanta's defense fares better than we think. The touchdowns go to other guys. And 
I think that, yeah, if you can leverage off him with Cooper Cup, I, I mean, he's so expensive that it's going to be hard for him to get tons and tons of ownership at $9,900. Uh, and I certainly would love to play Cooper Cup uh, on this slate. I agree. Get the cheap stack with Mariota. And I wanted to note on Pitts, I'm glad you mentioned Pitts. He's going to be a, a focus for me. Something that they did uh, last year was, you know, they basically played as their wide receiver one. This year, there was some knocks to his usage in the extent that he was brought in line more. He was pass blocking a little bit more. But the nice thing is, is that they were able to make sure that he was running routes against safeties and linebackers more often. Uh, in a majority of routes, he was positioned against a safety or linebacker against the New Orleans Saints. I think a lot of that has to do with that they have an actual receiver on their team now in Drake London, yes. as opposed to just a bunch of random dudes. Uh, and so if London ends up absorbing the majority of the Jalen Ramsey coverage and Pitts is able to have a little bit more room to maneuver. He's a really fun play this week. Uh, he's going to be a blast. And, you know, as to your point with Cam Akers, I just got a question for you, man. Do you think the Cam Akers is going to run away from a defender again when Matt's, when he has a guy running straight at Matt Stafford? So I'm pretty sure that's why he got benched. That was insane. Like I've never the worst seen reps a running back run life. away, run away from a defensive tackle. It was absolutely absurd. But, that was truly one of the worst uh, pass blocking reps I've ever seen. It was bad, dude. It was so bad. If you guys haven't seen it, you got to go check it out. Now, Jacob, before we go into your last game and we talk about yeah. another game that we wanted to discuss on the slate, I do want to mention I'm over here at Trophy Smack right now. This is why I'm, I don't have my normal setup. This mic that I have is not working right, so I'm having to use my webcam mic, and it's just been a giant disaster of an afternoon. But we're still here. We're still doing the show for you. I do want to give Trophy Smack a shout out. I don't know if you see this trophy right here. You might think that it might be a little bit familiar from the Scott hmm. Fishbowl. That's right, the Scott Fishbowl. Let's go. If you guys go over to trophysmack.com and you purchase your own trophy, right, you will actually get a free ring along with the purchase. That, a belt, a champ chain, whatever it is, you'll get a free ring with that. Just use promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE, and you will receive a free ring with the purchase of a belt for a trophy go check it out trophysmack.com all right jacob what do you got for us yeah i've got the dolphins and the ravens we have a battle of animals one in the, one in the ocean uh one in the sky and it's going to be a really really interesting matchup i i think that the news of the ravens secondary injuries has probably caught on in the mainstream by now it certainly will i think by the time we get to kick off but for anyone who hasn't heard um all of their top four corners are either questionable or out. So we're expecting either them to not play or them to presumably not, not be a full strength. Uh, we saw what happened with the Ravens last year when they were missing all of their top corners and they got the worst passing defense, you know, in the league. Um, and so certainly an opportunity. You also look back to week one and Tyree kill really did dominate the targets. He was getting them in the short areas of the field, especially uh, I think that, the market is going to coalesce around him. At least that was my perception. At least others who have been doing ownership projections seem to agree with that assessment. And so to me, that creates two really interesting ways to play this game. One is through Chase Edmonds, who is all the way down to $5,200. He'll have ownership, but I don't think it'll be egregious. 
he had a really good role in, in week one. He uh, was out there on, on over 60% of the snaps. He was the clear leader in routes. And we saw what the Ravens just did last week. They allowed, I think it was like 19 targets to the running back position or something completely absurd to Michael Carter and Brees Hall. Um, you know, there should be a lot of room for Chase Hedmans to maneuver. For those that followed the dose score last year, they would know that the Ravens uh, are, are both they both give the opportunity for running backs to, to rack up volume in the pass game like they did last week. But also last year, they really gave up a lot of big plays uh, in the passing game. And so it's potentially Chase Edmonds can get there in a big way in the receiving game. And then probably my most rostered player at this point, it's hard to say because it's only Friday. But if I had to guess, my most played player on the entire slate is going to be Jalen Waddle. Um, he's a little cheaper than Tyreek Hill. He was working in last week off of a soft tissue injury that had kept him up for most of training camp. And he still had a strong game. He did not see the type of target share that Tyree killed it. He was more involved in those short area design plays. I expect that now with a full week of practice, out of those injury concerns, that some of that short area work is split a little bit more evenly between Hill and Waddle. And even if it is not, what I really want to target is the big plays against this beat up secondary. And so while Tyree kills edge over Waddle in week one was a lot of the short area work, I don't know that necessarily the deep work is decidedly in one's favor or another. And so I want to be taking shots on Waddle speed just as I would want to on Hill speed, but what I expect to be less ownership, less price, and I'm, I'm willing to play the full stack. I'm willing to stack Tua with Waddle and Hill. I'm willing to stack Tua with Edmonds and Waddle. And if I want to do my Lamar lineups, which I expect to have plenty of Lamar Jackson lineups, they came out very high pass rate over expectation, as did the Dolphins. Jalen Waddle's probably going to be my primary bring back. So I'm I'm going to make like a penguin. I'm going to waddle all over the slate. Uh, and I'm certainly going to be overweight on Lamar. And I don't think it'll take much to be overweight the mark of the field on Tua. But uh, I think having like one Tua lineup will probably accomplish that. But I, I intend to play uh, a little bit of Tua Tungavello as well. Both these teams were were very high pass rate over expectation week one. You never know how much signal that holds. But I, I think that that at least portends a potential ceiling for this game. Yeah, I mean, great point, obviously, with Waddle. You can add your waddle. I'll take my Gibson, uh, and, and let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, let's go ahead and let everybody know that we are going to build a lineup with one of the four stacks that we talked about, or one of the four uh, games that we talked about. So go ahead, let us know in the chat what you would like our stacks to be or to start out with, and we will build a lineup around that stack, whichever one gets the most comments is the stack that we're going to build. So let us know in the chat which stack you want to see out of the games that we mentioned so far. And we'll go ahead and, and start that up. But let's talk about this game that neither one of us wanted as our game to attack. But we thought we still needed to discuss it with the Raiders and the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, it, we saw Devontae Adams actually go off. He still didn't end up hitting you know, that max price he wanted to see or that we thought we'd see with Cooper Cup, right? Uh, I'm guessing that just had to do with the the ownership percentages not being as high, but 8,600, that's 13 less. It almost feels like that's going to end up being chalked to an extent. Yeah, I think he'll be the not, most owned wide receiver on the slate. Yeah, I don't think it's going to even be relatively close, especially after putting up 33 points in week one. Uh, meanwhile, we do have Marquise Brown, Hunter Renfro. They both somewhat disappointed, obviously, for DFS in week one. Uh, those two actually a little bit more interesting for me, but I am still fading Hunter Renfro. Uh, over there in the slot. The only place that Arizona is actually good on defense is sometimes the slot <laughs> to an extent. Uh, how are you feeling about this matchup as a whole? I mean, we can go back and forth and discuss it a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, I think that Derek Carr is actually going to be owned. And I can't think of many things I want to play less in DFS than an owned Derek Carr. Like, 
it's just you don't even need him to fail, right? Like I I don't mind to, I don't mind playing Derek Carr if he's I probably play more Derek Carr than most people in DFS. But like when I like playing Derek Carr is if he is either going to be like 1% owned or if he's the much lesser owned quarterback in a shootout. So I can sort of just take the bet that he outscores the other guy. And then, you know, I'm, I'm able to get him and I'm able to get two pass catchers that also don't have that much ownership. And it's like, okay, if he just throws for 303, even if he's not the highest scoring, if I can get it all consolidated within my double stack, nobody's all that owned. I can push my way through the field in a really consolidated fashion. But I don't think that's the case this week. Like I think, He's going to have ownership on him. Adams is going to have a ton. Um, if I'm playing anyone, I'm probably playing Waller because I think that what we're mostly going to see at tight end ownership is probably a good amount on Andrews. And then the cheap guys and Waller, I don't know, he'd probably come in between like 8 to 12%, which is stomachable for sure, uh, especially given what Arizona just gave up to the tight ends last week with Travis Kelsey. But um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like, of all the owned quarterbacks that scare me, like last week when Jalen Hurts was the chalk quarterback, I felt legitimate fear making lineups that did not have Jalen Hurts involved. I, if I, if all I have to bet on is that one of the quarterbacks in my player pool outscores Derek Carr, that's a bet like I'm extremely willing to make. So probably not doing that. Um, and Arizona's just hard because there's just not that many places to attack them right now while they're struggling with injuries. Um, shout out to me for the Greg Dorch call uh, last yes, week. That was great. That was beautiful. Uh, just, uh, I was roundly mocked. I, I believe it was the case that. Chase questioned whether I wanted to first introduce our show to the world by by uh, <laughs> standing for Greg Dorch, Greg the Torch Dorch. But my my gross Clyde Edwards Hilaire Greg Dorch mini stack was you know just absolutely fantastic. So got to get that out there. I think if I was going to do anything in this game, it'd be a mini stack of Marquise Brown, who is basically the same play that he was last week, except nobody wants to play with him anymore um, because he was bad. Uh, and I'd probably do him and uh, Waller. And then maybe Connor, I, I just, I think that there's a lot of other running back avenues I can take in this slate, but I don't know that I need to go to James Connor. He doesn't create explosive plays. He really needs a lot of volume to get there at $6,900. I think that there's options that I prefer to him, but he'll, he'll be in my player pool. Jacob, you're missing out on one big thing. And it's like your favorite thing to do in the entire world, a, a double tight end stack, right? Isn't oh that God! Your favorite thing to do because you could go Marquise Brown, oh, you can yeah. go Zach Ertz, and you can go Darren Waller. But I'm actually going to be playing more Zach Ertz this week than I will be playing Darren Waller. You can lock that in because I mean Adams could just go off once again. Might not need to pass. I love Zach Ertz because I think they're going to be down. They're going to need to pass a whole ton. So I do see in the people going to play Jacobs this week. By the way, like I've seen that people are going to play Jacobs this week. I don't like believe it because. Every time that I think Jacobs is going to get played, I feel like his ownership always comes in lower than you think because people just don't like clicking Josh Jacobs' name. But yes, gross. I mean, so I think his role was okay last week. From like, a, if you if like, if you have Josh Jacobs in managed yeah, leagues, it's fine. He got he got every single carry. Like, I don't know if he got every single carry, but he got every single like early down. Um, he got all the early down usage. They didn't use the mere white at all, but. He still wasn't getting any of the passing down usage. That was all still Bolden and Abdullah. I don't think Bolden's going to play, but it seemed like Abdullah will now take that role. Um, I mean, you need a ceiling, right? Like, I, I'm sure. I think Josh Jacobs can get you, you know, 80 yards rushing and a touchdown and a couple catches. But, like, is That's he going to make the thing. optimal lineup? I, I just don't think so. So, I don't know. I, I'm not going to be on on the Jacobs thing um, all, all that all that much, but we'll, we'll see. If 
if I'm wrong and he comes in at like 4% owned, then maybe I'll wish that I was and, and just you play that he gets two touchdowns. But it's not my preferred type of bet to make at the running back position. It's like a non-pass catching accumulator. Yeah, I, I'm good on that. I'm staying off Josh Jacobs. I will have zero shares of him this week. All right, let's go ahead and let's go ahead with the stack. You ready to do this, Shake? Are you ready to build this lineup? Uh, yeah, let's build this thing. All right, we have Sean in the chat. Sean wants to do Tua, oh. Edmonds, and Waddle. Uh, Ryan, Jamie, I saw your Lamar Andrews running it back with Waddles or Edmonds. So both of these stacks are on this game. Let's go ahead and go with the Tua one just because it just seems like more fun to play Tua than it does to play Lamar. Really? I never, I've, never once, I've never once considered Tua to be fun. But uh, also, I, I was playing fun. around with some things. You can all see these names. I was, uh, I was just – you can see how much I'm listening to Chase here. He's Chase is talking through stuff about the Rams and the Falcons and – uh, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna slide one of these here. See, see what, see what this looks like. But uh, you want to do the two one? Right? We'll do the two one. One yeah, of so these weeks, we're gonna actually play a good quarterback. But we we, we went with Lawrence last no, week. We're going with dude, we, two of this week. <laughs> dude, okay, words that will never be said. I want the DFS Millie Maker with Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> I played a lot of Tua last year. It was a little gross, but yeah, let's let's do this. I mean, again, so Tua, I don't think is gonna have like any ownership him on him i think Edmonds will have some but not not a prohibitive amount i think waddle will have maybe some but certainly not a prohibitive amount um who do we want to use as our bring back i think we can certainly go andrews we certainly have the money for it because we're spending way down at running back and at quarterback uh i guess the other option would be bateman i don't think i don't think anyone i don't think any well well we should figure out who we're playing on baltimore and it's either going to be andrews or bateman right now. oh nobody you know else. It's Nick Needham over there in the slot, right? For for Miami. So we're not playing ahead. Devin Duvernay. We're not playing Devin Duvernay. <laughs> we're not. No, let's let's play Andrews. We can play Andrews. I, you know, I'm not a big Andrews fan. I think that Dalton Schultz is going to outscore Andrews and be worth more in Dynasty after this year. Uh, but and that, that might have taken a little bit of hit with with Dak Prescott. But I'm off to a good yeah, start you didn't, so far. You didn't you didn't enjoy the 94% route rate from Mark Andrews last week? I thought you were worried nah. about his routes coming down. Uh, no, looks like a smash that. to me. Uh, uh, all right, I like I like this I like this stack here. So what we did last week was we we took the stat from the stack from the chat, right? And then so last week they made us play so a Lawrence. Close. They made us play a Lawrence ETN stack, um, which which was bad uh, because we they they didn't want us to win money. We should have hit on it, but we didn't. And then we did the best we could after that because all the rest of our plays were money. Uh, I, I, I I chose the Dotson bring back massive victory. We got Chase in the lineup, yes. Smash. We got, uh, we got, did we get Swift and, yeah, we got Swift and Taylor in the lineup. We yep. played a three running back lineup. They both completely smashed. So th- things were good um, beyond beyond the Lawrence ETN. So what are we going to do here? We're each going to pick one play and then we'll agree on, or we're each going to pick two and then we're going to agree on a defense. Chase, would you like to go first um, or would you like me to go first? We got a running back, a flex, two wide receivers. Uh, I, I need to get my guy, um, the one that I've been touting, the one that I think is going to have the best week overall, and I don't think he's going to see the ownership that reflects it. Uh, that's Cooper Cup at 9,900. I know that makes Ooh. it tough for us, but we paid like down it. already. Let's go ahead and, and run it with uh, with Cooper Cup. All right, so I'm going to just put a placeholder D in um, just just so that we have some sort of semblance. I mean, everyone's going to play since we can't we can't do that. Um, okay, I'll put put in just the Jets D as a placeholder. So we have 4,800 per player. Spinning up for Cup and spinning up for Andrews puts us in a little bit of a bind here. But let's see what we can do in this spot. I, I'm going to come up Andrews too. I mean, just saying. 
We we could. We could. We could. Um all right. I'm going to I'm going to go and I'm going to get us some salary. All right. Okay. I'm going to get us some salary. Uh I'm going to really 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 get us some salary. Oh god, what are you doing? Jacob, what are you doing, man? Uh, I'm going to put Ashton Doolin into our lineup. That's no, what I'm going to do. No, you're not. No, you're dude. For real? No Alec Pierce. Okay. Injured Michael Pittman. Think about everything that Curtis Samuel was able to do last week. Now, you can say Paris Jacob, Campbell, potentially. You got lucky with Greg Dortch, okay? And now you're putting Ashton Doolin in there, and you're going to ruin our show. Nobody's going to come back. Buddy, if, if the player profiler subscribers are are out on promoting Ashton Doolin, then Matt Kelly would have to close down the website because he's been <laughs> at this for about three years. And so I – look – as a Colts fan on a player profiler platform, when he's actually a reasonable play, I, it's your fault. You made us play Cooper Cup. I, I have to save a salary. I'm sorry, but we're doing Ashton Doolin. Dude, I knew you were up to something. I, I heard it in your voice. I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Oh, okay, so you saved us some salary. I'm going to go ahead. Here's and- the good news. We, we can play the chalkiest remaining two people that we want you can play anybody you want now well you know who i'm taking right now like it's my dude this week i think he's gonna finish up as a top three running back antonio gibson is going to smash up against detroit uh we already saw what they did i mean three touchdowns is not out of the realm of possibilities and the best part about gibson was he was getting used downfield like the routes that he was running were deeper routes so you're not seeing just dump offs to, to gibson you're seeing designed plays that are going his way 15 yards down the field and it, it made me think it did make me think jacob if brian robinson if brian robinson didn't get hurt would they be using antonio gibson more like curtis samuel is, is getting used currently or was gibson actually in the doghouse like could gibson be seeing sure. the same sort of touches that a debo samuel would have seen because he played wide receiver because that's his build like he's built bigger than debo samuel imagine a bigger faster version of debo samuel in like in the Debo Samuel role, like that. Oh, it's God, man. I'm I'm getting a little bit too hot and bothered right now. I need to I need to take a break. But no, okay. Gibson should. I be think so. Unfortunately, you continue to take away all of my salary flexibility. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe this is part of your plan pick. all along. This might have been a part of your plan all along to get out of Mark Andrews. I, I'm gonna come back to. This. I want to see what our lineup looks like if instead of Mark Andrews. Um, I put in Rashad Bateman um, and then to see, because I do not like anybody at $4,900 and below. That's for sure. So I want to see what the Bateman version of this lineup looks like. It would leave us with 5,800 at tight end. So that would mean that I don't, we don't, we could actually play Pitts at this point. Instead of Andrews, you could play Pitts. That would leave us 400 additional salary. Either we could play not Ashton Doolin. Who's, is there anybody worth playing here? Back? Do we need to run it back? What if they spread the yes. ball around throughout the offense? I don't think we need to run it back. Well, I, I want to run it back because the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, it's not a very spread out offense. They don't have a lot of dupes. Like it's, so they if got this game's going to get pushed. Duvernay's not a dupe. Duvernay's not a dupe. That's, that's never happening again. That's never happening again. You're going to eat Never happening again. Maybe not um, this week. That was the highest, that was the highest scoring game you'll ever have in his career by, by a lot. Um, I, I think now. that I think that I'm I'm pretty set that I want to have a run back here 
on the Ravens. Um, but I'm I'm open to it being Bateman. Uh, and let's see. I think what we can do here is if I can't. Is there anyone better? Thirty six hundred dollars. We could almost play Campbell instead of Doolin. But um, yes, what, that would what, be an okay call. We'd have to play the Atlanta defense or the Texans right. defense. You are tilting so hard right now. Well, uh, yeah, you're. You're. I don't really want to play that. The Houston Texans defense, that's for sure. Um, and we can't play the Atlanta defense because we're already stacking this game up. All right. If we do this, or we do the pits with the cup, <laughs> we keep in dueling. What can we do defensively? Like, we can't play the Lions because Gibson, but we can play the Seattle Seahawks defense. I, I think I think with the bind, the Kobayashi Maru that you put me in by forcing 15, what was this that you put in? You made, you spent $16,300 in salary on your on picks, <laughs> on, two on two picks, picks <laughs> on two picks, right? I, I was forced to, to go to get my Costco coupons uh, and spend just... I gave you a reason to play Ashley. Spend Don't just 87... Like a victim. I, I am a victim. I'm a victim. But I have escaped victimhood. Uh, and, and we put together this lineup. For the audio listeners, our lineup is Tua Tungavailoa. Chase Edmonds, Antonio Gibson, Jalen Waddle, Cooper Cup, Ashton Doolin, Sisson, Kyle Pitts, Rashad Bateman, and the Seattle Seahawks defense. That gives us a little double stack on the Dolphins with a Bateman bring back. It gives us a secondary correlation with Cup and Pitts. We add in Gibson. We add in, of course, the best play on the slate, Ashton Doolin. We're going to go ahead and hit enter. That's 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 the Millie Maker lineup, I'm sure. How could you not win the Millie Maker when you have Ashton Doolin? Um, oh God, Jacob. You want to finish this show out on a high note? I don't know how you get a higher note than than putting Ashton Doolin, uh, you know, into your lineup. But oh, what, what's what's the high note? First off, don't you have a, an ad read that you got to do? I do have an ad read that I got to do. Come on, Jacob. I do have an ad read that I got to do. And the funny thing is, all right, so we have an ad read, right? Like where it's for Sleeper. But I'm like, why does Sleeper need an ad read? Like people don't have their leaks on Sleeper. That's still a thing. Are people still using ESPN right now? <laughs> people, people are using ESPN or something? Yeah, are people like, dude, it should be on Sleeper. All your leaks should be on Sleeper. Are you kidding me? Go over there. Get your leagues on Sleeper. This should not even be an ad read. I don't know what you're even doing if you don't have your leagues on Sleeper. Get them on Sleeper today. It's the fastest growing fantasy platform. It's advancing. Every time that that like I turn around, they're like, oh, what should we improve? And then two days later, it's completely done. If it even takes two days. Like they take suggestions, they answer your stuff on Twitter. Like they're the sickest platform out there. And it's it's like it should not have to be an ad read. You should already have your leagues on Sleeper. That's all. There you go. I agree. I love Sleeper. Uh, and as much as I love Sleeper, and as much as I love Ashton Doolin, and as much as I love Chase, and as much as I love all of you in the comment section, another thing that I would absolutely love and that you should all get to love is no house advantage. No house advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. We want to talk about dynamic. Ashton Doolin is dynamic, but almost as dynamic as Ashton Doolin is the type of platform that NoHouse Advantage offers. You can play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot of winning $250,000 plus in stone cold cash. You can download the app, you choose a contest, you select your player props, you earn points when you make the correct picks, 
and you climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. Big money. That's what you get. No most advantage. That's what you get with Ashton Doolin. You can test your skills versus the house 20 times your entry if you get all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league. That includes the NFL, the NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code UNDERWORLD at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. $25 deposit match, turn that into $250,000. Make sure to check out no house advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. Check out Nose House Advantage and make sure to. I would play some pickums with Ashton Doolin. I think mean, you know that's that's what I would do personally. Oh my god, I can't. The house might not have the advantage, but if you play Doolin, you'll always have the advantage. You'll have the advantage over over opposing corners. You have the advantage over your competition in in DFS. You'll you'll be doing you'll be doing it right. I will never hear the end of this if you actually get that one uh, on the. Oh my other. God! Please, I will Aspen. never hear the end of it. Uh, is there anybody else we should bring up, or, or are we ready to get out of here? I mean, honestly, like I feel like we covered every angle. I know I did make one mistake. I said Hawkinson ran twenty routes out of the slot and wide receiver. That was actually Kyle Pitts. Out of the twenty-eight routes he ran, twenty came at wide receiver or slots. So I love Kyle Pitts. I'm happy that we got him into lineups. You guys should too, of course. Jacob, anything else we need to know? No, nothing big. Just a fun, a fun, fun week, you know. And I think keep in mind when you're playing this week, at least I will, is like early in the season, you know, the pricing is still a lot looser than we think it is. Um, we don't have enough information. People will know exactly who these players are. The DFS sites certainly don't have enough information to know exactly who these players are. And it's another great week to make bold hey, Alan Robinson. Take oh, sorry. The games that you believe in and, you know, apply that conviction, right? If you think you can find an edge uh, and you can you can apply that edge, uh, there will be things that we look back on and see like, oh, yeah, I can't believe this guy was priced this high or this guy was priced this low. Why did we ever have Ashton Doolin priced at $3,200? Because he's obviously the best player uh, in, the, in the National Football League. These are the types of things that people will, will wonder. So uh, definitely going to be a fun week. It'll, it'll be a more fun week, I think, if you if you play a lot of Ashton Doolin. God. All right, Jacob. Let everybody know where to find you, and let's get out of here. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. If Ashton Doolin scores a touchdown, make sure to tag me. If he has zero catches for his zero yards, uh, just you know, go about your business. Go smell the flowers, make an apple pie, something like that. Uh, otherwise, you can find my piece for Player Profiler, my weekly piece, The Hitchhiker's Guide to Running Back. That's my seasonal fantasy column. You can find that on, of course, playerprofiler.com. You can also find that pinned to the top of my Twitter feed. You can find me in the Full Tilt Discord. You can find me in the Bulletproof Discord. Uh, and you can find me on the Full Tilt Honesty Podcast on Tuesdays. And if you like me and Chase, you can find us both, of course, on Fantasy Intervention on Wednesdays. Yeah, you said it all, man. You nailed it. You guys can find me over there at FF underscore Intervention on Twitter, of course. Go check out our stuff. Until then, man, we're going to try and do a little better next week. We didn't have it all together. Mainly my fault. Actually, all my fault this week. Next week, we're going to nail it. I promise. Peace out.